Today's Bible reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 13 to 17. Paying the poll tax to Caesar. Later they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You are unswayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the poll tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why, why are you trap, trying to trap me, he asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. Thank you. So we're going to take just a few moments to think that through. But let me ask you a question before we start. How many, how many coronations have you seen? Who's seen one? Okay. Who's seen more than one? Just have a look around. Amazing. Okay, you see, pre- um, Perry, how have you seen more than one? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I think you've seen quite a lot of others. Can I have my slides up, Max? Did you see this one? Yeah, who's that? Black Panther, King T'Challa. How many people, uh, how many Disney princesses can you name? Yeah, not you. Go for a few. Who was that? Okay. Go for it. Belle, yeah. Cinderella. Moana. Do any of them get crowned? Do any of them come to a coronation? I'm sure you... Uh, go on then, Madeline. You. Elsa. Yeah, okay. And, yeah. Niddy. Who is that? Yeah. So, so you've seen lots of coronations. Okay. Um, adults, maybe you've seen Macbeth. Um, does he get crowned? Princess Diaries 2. She, she, get, she gets crowned. Um, Simba in The Lion King. Kind of, he doesn't get crowned, but he does, he, he does become king, doesn't he? Um, and of course, King T'Challa. And who's the best king or queen? That's an interesting question. I'm, not, I'm excluding from this King Charles and Queen Elizabeth II. Um, what makes for a good monarch? What makes for a good king or a good queen? Go on then. Authority, power. You want them to have that ability to make all your problems go away. You want them to be really wise uh, and to be really well informed and to know everything. You'd want them to be merciful. You'd want them to be loving. You'd want them to be um, just. You want them to do the right thing um, at all times. Well, in the passage that we read, it's clear that we have two kings. So so people were coming to try and trap Jesus as to whether he paid um, the tax or not paid taxes to Caesar or not, and he had the coin, and he said, whose head's on the coin? And it was Caesar's, and he said, well, you give to Caesar what's Caesar's, but you give to God what is God's. 
And Jesus is telling us we have two kings. We do now, anyway. We have King Charles and we have Jesus as our king. And he says wisely that what we owe them is different. What do we owe King Charles? Well, Paul says, um, it says, it says that uh, the authorities that exist have been established by God. And he says, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes to the government. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. So we know that Charles is a, a constitutional monarch, and that means it limits his, his authority. He has no real independent authority, and he is, in a sense, a figurehead to our government. But he still is monarch. He should be an encourager and an example to do good things. And I suggest we owe him respect. Honour, even. Even if you're one of those people who thinks there shouldn't be a monarchy, I think it should be done with respect. We've been really spoilt by Queen Elizabeth II. She was a Christian and she gently held up God's lordship to the country and to the government. And it's a really difficult act to follow. So we owe him our prayers. We owe him our prayers, Paul says. I urge then that petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and unholiness. So we owe him respect. We owe him our prayers. We should be praying that he sets us a godly example. And we should pray that he commends Britain by his behaviour as a country worthy of honour and respect. And I think we should be praying the ordinary kind of prayers that you would pray for anybody with a mixed-up family, which is all of us, for peace and reconciliation and family wholeness. But what do we owe Jesus then? Well, it depends on what kind of king he is. And he is this kind of king, which is the next slide, I think. Oh, no, that's Charles. We missed him. Next one. Thanks, Max. He's this kind of king, as we saw earlier on. And the Apostle Paul says of Jesus, he says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And then he says, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. What kind of king is Jesus? He's the ultimate king. He's the ultimate king because he is God. Because he is God in person. I've got competition. He's the only God. The only real God. According to Paul. So he's the highest king there is. He's the king uh, above all kings. He's eternal, Paul says. And immortal. In other words, he doesn't die, he goes on forever. He's already had his coronation and there will never be another because Christ is king and he is king forever. Christ our king is all-powerful. He can control all things. He can never be out-muscled. He can never be frustrated. Paul says he is invisible, which is an interesting thing to say. Of course he's invisible, he's spirit. God is spirit. He is everywhere, and he knows everything. He's never surprised. He can't be tricked. Nothing 
He's hidden from him. But we read in these verses as well that he's merciful and he's patient. What Jesus likes to do, he's a kind of king who likes to take the worst people, the Tudor peasants, okay, and make them his friends. People like Paul himself. And Jesus liked the worst people so much um, that he got him into trouble repeatedly. And you might think, well, that's not me. I'm one step up from the Tudor peasant. Um, I'm, a, I'm a nice British middle-class person. I'm not a sinner like Paul. Well, Jesus' definition of godliness is maybe a bit different from ours. Jesus says, to be right with God, you've got to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. That's Jesus' standard. And when we put it like that, it's really clear that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So think of all that. Yeah, think back to yesterday and all the gold and the garments. There were some amazing clothes yesterday, you have to admit, even though Charles did strip down to his pajamas at one point. There were some amazing clothes. There was lots of gold, lots of pageantry and ceremony and, and grand words. And Jesus is more glorious than, than all of that. And you cannot appear before God and come into God's glory any more than you would have been let into Westminster Abbey wearing nothing yesterday. That's about the level we're at when it comes to God's glory. And yet, Jesus loves people like us. And he offers people like us eternal life. He looks at us peasants and says, I want you to come and live as royalty in my kingdom. So the question then is, what do we owe this kind of king? It's the next slide. Jesus was asked this. What must we do to do the works God requires? What do we, what do we owe God? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And that's what Paul said. You believe in him and receive eternal life. That's what God requires of you. Believe what? Or believe what we've just said about him, that he is God, he is king, he is creator, he is owed all your obedience, all your loyalty, all your bowing the knee. And yet believe and recognize you've not given him that. Recognize that you're not right with God. And then believe and trust that Jesus went to a cross or a crown of thorns, paid the price for what you've done wrong so that you can be forgiven. That's what we're asked to believe. We're asked to believe that Jesus is God's king. He's come to die in our place. But then we have to receive. It's not enough to believe. Next up is to receive from him. What do you need to receive? Receive forgiveness. And receive God's Holy Spirit. It's not, just enough to get, it's not just enough to receive forgiveness from him because if, if we were forgiven, we would just go on being the same people and we'd need more and more forgiveness. But God gives us his Holy Spirit, changes from the inside out so that we become more and more like Jesus in practice and in person. In other words, ask for eternal life. 
So we've got two things. We've got two kings. Got King Charles III. Got King Jesus. King Charles III was enthroned yesterday. Whether Jesus is enthroned is now up to you. The invitations are out. You are invited to believe in him and you are invited to receive him. Your name is on the invitation. And the only question left is, what are you going to do? Let's pray. So I invite you this morning to believe what you've been told about Christ. But I invite you to do one more thing, which is actually to receive him as Lord and ask his Holy Spirit to come into your life and receive the forgiveness that he offers. And you would pray something like this, and you could pray this quietly in your mind, just to the Lord. Father God, I recognise today that I'm not right with you and I cannot be right with you by my own efforts. I have failed you and I'm sorry. Thank you that you sent your son to take the punishment that I should have received for not loving you wholeheartedly and not loving my neighbour as myself. I'm ready to make Jesus my king. I ask you for the, for the forgiveness that is offered. And I ask you for the presence of your Holy Spirit in my life to change me and make me new. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.